Section 6 of Some Passages of the Life and Death of the Right Honourable John Earl of Rochester by Gilbert Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The issue of all our discourses was this. He told me he saw vice and impiety were as contrary to human society as wild beasts let loose would be, and therefore he firmly resolved to change the whole method of his life, to become strictly just and true, to be chaste and temperate, to forbear swearing and irreligious discourse, to worship and pray to his Maker, and that, though he was not arrived at a full persuasion of Christianity, he would never employ his wit more to run it down or to corrupt others. Of which I have since a further assurance from a person of quality, who conversed much with him the last year of his life, to whom he would often say that he was happy if he did believe, and that he would never endeavour to draw him from it. To all this I answered, that a virtuous life would be very uneasy to him unless vicious inclinations were removed, it would otherwise be a perpetual constraint. Nor could it be effected without an inward principle to change him, and that was only to be had by applying himself to God for it in frequent and earnest prayers. And I was sure, if his mind were once cleared of these disorders, and cured of those distempers which vice brought on it, so great an understanding would soon see through all those flights of wit that do feed atheism and irreligion, which have a false glittering in them that dazzles some weak-sighted minds who have not capacity enough to penetrate further than the surfaces of things, and so they stick in these toils, which the strength of his mind would soon break through if it were once freed from those things that depressed and darkened it. At this pass he was when he went from London about the beginning of April. He had not been long in the country when he thought he was so well that being to go to his estate in Somersetshire, he rode thither post. This heat and violent motion did so inflame an ulcer that was in his bladder that it raised a very great pain in those parts, yet he with much difficulty came back by coach to the lodge at woodstock park he was then wounded both in body and mind he understood physic and his own constitution and distemper so well that he concluded he could hardly recover for the ulcer broke and vast quantities of purulent matter passed with his urine but now the hand of god touched him and as he told me it was not only a general dark melancholy over his mind such as he had formerly felt but a most penetrating cutting sorrow so that though in his body he suffered extreme pain for some weeks yet the agonies of his mind sometimes swallowed up the sense of what he felt in his body he told me and gave it me in charge to tell it to one for whom he was much concerned that though there were nothing to come after this life yet all the pleasures he had ever known in sin were not worth that torture he had felt in his mind he considered he had not only neglected and dishonoured but had openly defied his maker and had drawn many others into like impieties so that he looked on himself as one that was in great danger of being damned he then set himself wholly to turn to god unfeignedly and to do all that was possible in that little remainder of his life which was before him to redeem those great portions of it that he had formerly so ill employed the minister that attended constantly on him was that good and worthy man mr parsons his mother's chaplain 
who hath since his death preached according to the directions he received from him his funeral sermon in which there are so many remarkable passages that i shall refer my reader to them and will repeat none of them here that i may not thereby lessen his desire to edify himself by that excellent discourse which has given so great and so general satisfaction to all good and judicious readers i shall speak cursorily of everything but that which i had immediately from himself he was visited every week of his sickness by his diocesan that truly primitive prelate the lord bishop of oxford dr fell who though he lived six miles from him yet looked on this as so important a piece of his pastoral care that he went often to him and treated him with that decent plainness and freedom which is so natural to him and took care also that he might not on terms more easy than safe be at peace with himself dr marshall the learned and worthy rector of lincoln college in oxford being the minister of the parish was also frequently with him and by these helps he was so directed and supported that he might not on the one hand satisfy himself with too superficial a repentance nor on the other hand be out of measure oppressed with a sorrow without hope as soon as i heard he was ill but yet in such a condition that i might write to him i wrote a letter to the best purpose i could he ordered one that was then with him to assure me it was very welcome to him but not satisfied with that he sent me an answer which as the countess of rochester his mother told me he dictated every word and then signed it i was once unwilling to have published it because of a compliment in it to myself far above my merit and not very well suiting with his condition but the sense he expressed in it of the change then wrought on him hath upon second thoughts prevailed with me to publish it leaving out what concerns myself woodstock park june twenty fifth sixteen eighty oxfordshire my most honoured dr burnett my spirits and body decay so equally together that i shall write you a letter as weak as i am in person i begin to value churchmen above all men in the world etc if god be yet pleased to spare me longer in this world i hope in your conversation to be exalted to that degree of piety that the world may see how much i abhor what i so long loved and how much i glory in repentance and in god's service bestow your prayers upon me that god would spare me if it be his good will to show a true repentance and amendment of life for the time to come or else if the lord pleaseth to put an end to my worldly being now that he would mercifully accept my deathbed repentance and perform that promise that he hath been pleased to make that at what time soever a sinner doth repent he would receive him put up these prayers most dear doctor to almighty god for your most obedient and languishing servant rochester he told me when i saw him that he hoped i would come to him upon that general insinuation of the desire he had of my company and he was loath to write more plainly not knowing whether i could easily spare so much time i told him that on the other hand i looked on it as a presumption to come so far when he was in such excellent hands and though perhaps the freedom formerly between us might have excused it with those to whom it was known yet it might have the appearance of so much vanity to such as were strangers to it so that till i received his letter i did not think it convenient to come to him and then not hearing that there was any danger of a sudden change i delayed going to him till the twentieth of july at my coming to his house an accident fell out not worth mentioning but that some have made a story of it his servant being a frenchman carried up my name wrong 
so that he mistook it for another who had sent to him that he would undertake his cure and he being resolved not to meddle with him did not care to see him this mistake lasted some hours with which i was the better contented because he was not then in such a condition that my being about him could have been of any use to him for that night was like to have been his last he had a convulsion fit and raved but opiates being given him after some hours rest his raving left him so entirely that it never again returned to him i cannot easily express the transport he was in when he awoke and saw me by him he brake out in the tenderest expressions concerning my kindness in coming so far to see such a one using terms of great abhorrence concerning himself which i forbear to relate he told me as his strength served him at several snatches for he was then so low that he could not hold up discourse long at once what sense he had of his past life what sad apprehension for having so offended his maker and dishonoured his redeemer what horrors he had gone through and how much his mind was turned to call on god and on his crucified saviour so that he hoped he should obtain mercy for he believed he had sincerely repented and had now a calm in his mind after that storm that he had been in for some weeks he had strong apprehensions and persuasions of his admittance to heaven of which he spake once not without some extraordinary emotion it was indeed the only time that he spake with any great warmth to me for his spirits were then low and so far spent that though those about him told me he had expressed formerly great fervour in his devotions yet nature was so much sunk that these were in a great measure fallen off but he made me pray often with him and spoke of his conversion to god as a thing now grown up in him to a settled and calm serenity he was very anxious to know my opinion of a deathbed repentance i told him that before i gave any resolution in that it would be convenient that i should be acquainted more particularly with the circumstances and progress of his repentance upon this he satisfied me in many particulars he said he was now persuaded both of the truth of christianity and of the power of inward grace of which he gave me this strange account he said mr parsons in order to his conviction read to him the fifty-third chapter of the prophecy of isaiah and compared that with the history of our saviour's passion that he might there see a prophecy concerning it written many ages before it was done which the jews that blasphemed jesus christ still kept in their hands as a book divinely inspired he said to me that as he heard it read he felt an inward force upon him which did so enlighten his mind and convince him that he could resist it no longer for the words had an authority which did shoot like rays or beams in his mind so that he was not only convinced by the reasonings he had about it which satisfied his understanding but by a power which did so effectually constrain him that he did ever after as firmly believe in his saviour as if he had seen him in the clouds he had made it be read so often to him that he had got it by heart and went through a great part of it in discourse with me with a sort of heavenly pleasure giving me his reflection on it some few i remember who hath believed our report here he said was foretold the opposition the gospel was to meet with from such wretches as he was he hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him on this he said the meanness of his appearance and person has made vain and foolish people disparage him because he came not in such fool's coat as they delight in 
what he said on the other parts i do not well remember and indeed i was so affected with what he said then to me that the general transport i was under during the whole discourse made me less capable to remember these particulars as i wish i had done he told me that he had thereupon received the sacrament with great satisfaction and that was increased by the pleasure he had in his ladies receiving it with him who had been for some years misled in the communion of the church of rome and he himself had been not a little instrumental in procuring it as he freely acknowledged so that it was one of the joyfulest things that befell him in his sickness that he had seen that mischief removed in which he had so great a hand and during his whole sickness he expressed so much tenderness and true kindness to his lady that as it easily defaced the remembrance of everything wherein he had been in fault formerly so it drew from her the most passionate care and concern for him that was possible which indeed deserves a higher character than is decent to give of a person yet alive but i shall confine my discourse to the dead he told me he had overcome all his resentments to all the world so that he bore ill-will to no person nor hated any upon personal accounts he had given a true state of his debts and had ordered to pay them all as far as his estate that was not settled could go and was confident that if all that was owing to him were paid to his executors his creditors would be all satisfied he said he found his mind now possessed with another sense of things than ever he had formerly he did not repine under all his pain and in one of the sharpest fits he was under while i was with him he said he did willingly submit and looking up to heaven said god's holy will be done i bless him for all he does to me he professed he was contented either to die or live as should please god and though it was a foolish thing for a man to pretend to choose whether he would die or live yet he wished rather to die he knew he could never be so well that life should be comfortable to him he was confident he should be happy if he died but he feared if he lived he might relapse and then said he to me in what a condition shall i be if i relapse after all this but he said he trusted in the grace and goodness of god and was resolved to avoid all those temptations that course of life and company that was likely to ensnare him and he desired to live on no other account but that he might by the change of his manners some way take off the high scandal his former behaviour had given all these things at several times i had from him besides some messages which very well became a dying penitent to some of his former friends and a charge to publish anything concerning him that might be a means to reclaim others praying god that as his life had done so much hurt so his death might do some good End of section six.